0: Welcome everybody into another episode of Campfire Conversations, bonus content coming at you today in the form of a recent conversation with our old pal, Mark Boardman of Vortex Optics, one of our best friends and oldest contacts in the outdoor industry. Uh, Mark, very frequent guest of the show over the years, and we always have a great time cutting up trading hunting stories and uh, talking about all the things that we hope to accomplish one day, which... I think we're still working through our list very slowly, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. And, uh, we'll probably hit on a couple new things from Vortex as well. So without further ado, let's roll it. Campfire Conversations 36. Mark, welcome back to the show, man. It's great to see you.
1: Awesome cable. No, thanks for having me on, man. It's always fun.
0: My pleasure. So let's start with, uh, how was your 2022 hunting season?
1: Man, it was good. Uh, did a lot of, um, cool things, some new things for me, uh, kicked off the season in July, which I rarely do. So went and hunted Hawaii with uh, a buddy of mine. We actually recorded it, uh, uh, document it with video. So, uh, it was a fun hunt, but never hunted axis deer before, never shot a, a feral pig before, never shot a feral goat before. And it was just really neat to see the Island from the hunt perspective and engage in the island in that manner and hunt these animals that I haven't hunted before and get a chance to, to eat some of these animals that I haven't had an opportunity to try before. In fact, I made some, some access deer front shoulder, uh, street tacos, uh, just like nice. two days ago. It was, it was phenomenal. So, uh, that was a really cool trip. And then man, right. Was that film. Maui?
0: Where'd you go? So, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Okay, I was there in May doing the same thing. How it was, how was awesome. your trip? It was great, except for we didn't video it because the guy was like, absolutely not, no, no landmarks, no. Like he would look at the trophy photos and be like, nope, don't like that tree because of the poachers, dude. He was just like, they follow my. He, they said he said they follow my Instagram and if they see where I shot a nice buck, they will be in here. And he's like, the game wardens don't care. He's like, it's still the wild west out here, and uh, and they don't really. Put a lot of value on the pigs or the axis deer because they're invasive and they're ever they have, dude. His buddy that we met up with is a paid, they call him an eradicator. And that means he spends five nights a week sitting in a field with the spotlight or thermal, shooting every axis and every feral hog that he sees. And they just leave them there. That's there's so many, they just they're like ants. Like to me, leaving a, an Axis deer to lay is like I just, my brain doesn't even rationalize that
1: concept. yeah it doesn't doesn't necessarily compute yeah i mean it's the it's definitely an interesting dynamic and i i guess i probably don't know enough about it to speak to it like i guess you know super educated but you've got definitely i'd say on most of the islands it's you know predominantly private land <clears throat> there definitely is public land but then the rules governing some of that public land can be Uh, it's convoluted in some ways. Um, I think Hawaii has some very strict liability laws, like I said, to the best of my understanding. So Mm -hmm. it can be, you know, even if a landowner was like, yeah, I I would like to increase, you know, public access, like it could be, you know, the risk is, you know, significant there. Um, you know, I think some people talk about the, uh, you know, some of these animals and, and, uh, you know, they'll be like, oh, these are invasives. I like to think of them as non-natives. It's like, yeah, I mean, you know, maybe they didn't, yeah. it, but I mean, they, they're they definitely woven into the fabric of the Island and the culture of the Island significantly to me where I'm like, well, I think there's, you know, a balance to be struck here. And then, you know, striking that balance is, is challenging. And uh, yeah, there's, uh, it's, it's, it's complex for sure.
0: Yeah. Well, I will say the Axis deer hunting. I mean, it reminded me of Texas, right? Except for you're doing it in the in the mountains on an island and there's the ocean in the background. It was breathtaking, really beautiful. Uh did you eat a lot of poke? Uh,
1: a little bit, a little bit, yeah. So it was it was it was a fun trip. Well, that was really a lot of firsts for me. Um uh got to try my hand at spear fishing the first time, like kind of like f- I'll call it freediving. I'm making air quotes with my fingers here. Uh Um, Definitely, like, complete neophyte. Like, always wanted to do it. I was not good at it. (laughs) Uh, But it was, like, it definitely struck, like, after one day of doing that, I was like, if you told me I could do this for the next five days, like, I might say yes. Even though, like, I wanted to hunt, I was like, like, it kind of got... I don't know. I'm not done. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I said, I wasn't good at it. I i don't expect I'll ever be like, you know, some professional uh, spear fisherman, but uh, it was cool, man. I liked it.
0: Did you get a fish?
1: I got one. Nice. I got one. So like, it was like, that was like, my main goal was to like, Oh man, if I could just get one of these things, of course the guy I was with was, you know, he'd grown up doing it and like, he'd, you know, kick down and hold his breath forever and you know, boom, 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 like get one or two every time. And I'm just like, you know, struggling, but it was, it was fun though. Like I really, I really enjoyed it.
0: Yeah. I, so I didn't do that, but I did do uh we did a day ocean kayak fishing. Oh, neat. Yeah. And so that was pretty cool. I didn't, we were trying to get a, uh, logic species. All I caught was a barracuda, but dude, did you you guys keep it though? Did you? Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. 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 They, they, yeah they kept it. They keep everything. Did you, Uh, did you get to eat it? No, he took it home with him, which I, I was staying in a little, uh, like, Airbnb, so I didn't really have the means to cook it anyway. Uh, but he told me during COVID, like, he supplemented his income by catch, because in Hawaii, you can catch fish and sell them at the market. Like, any fish, whatever it is. Um, So, he said he actually made, because he was getting unemployment, and then he was also selling fish every day. But the pro- the problem that I had with, it wasn't really a problem, it was kind of fun. But the, the hoops you have to jump through is you have to catch the bait to then go catch the fish. And you have to catch them on a rod and reel to get like the nice size bait. Well, like in Texas, we just go to the bait shop, you know? Like He's like, he thought that was such a weird concept. He's like, you have a, you have a bait shop? And I'm like, yeah, they're everywhere. You can buy shrimp or you name the size of fish that you want, dead or alive, and you can get it. He's like, oh, man, that would be so great here. So there's a little... <laughs> A little business uh, if anyone's an entrepreneur and wants to go to maui and set up a bait shop you could probably murder it
1: that'd be wild man that'd be wild that's like i don't know like i love it's like yeah you could look at that a couple different ways like it's so cool that that was part of the process to like hey yeah. we're gonna we want to fish today but we got to go fish to go fish you know
0: oh yeah but the rule is no bait by eight and they just call it like there's there's no reason to like keep fishing because if you don't have any bait you're screwed so, no
1: bait by eight
0: yeah that was part of the reason why we only caught one fish it was like we had a hell of a time finding bait so but it was a hell of an experience and uh i don't you had never been to texas to hunt axis deer so that mm-hmm. was your indoctrination into that uh, species that's originally from india the chital. Mm.
1: so deer. yeah favorite I mean, it's
0: like prey of tigers
1: right Mm -hmm. right like i mean it's it's such a it's a really it's a really interesting story you know how they how they were brought to the island and just like it's it's uh a lot of a lot of history to it for sure Mm -hmm. um so yeah no i I was i was stoked though like it was just like unbelievable to essentially be hunting in a place that's like you would like i've vacationed there before and done the typical you know touristy type stuff Mm -hmm. and uh so it, it it was neat though it was neat to see it from that side.
0: So what did you do with your buck? Did you get a buck?
1: So I shot a buck, um, and uh, <clears throat> and a little doe, and I killed a little pig, uh, like a small, like I don't know, like you know, eater size pig with my bow. Um, and that was in like we spent like kind of one a few days like in like more coastal area, and then we spent mm-hmm. one day in the jungle, which I. I really liked the jungle stuff like that was that was really really cool that's why I shot that pig was in the jungle right and uh and uh yeah and uh Remy killed a goat in the jungle and then um yeah it was just cool like you just got to see so much so much stuff that I otherwise would never have gotten to see you know
0: yeah so have you ever gone hog dogging no well, that's a big part of their culture, just like it is for me as a Texan, you know, and so that was, we spent one day doing that. And my guy, he had, he had dogs and he had, he, they also have, I'm sure you saw some of this stuff, but like quail and pheasant and all of these other crazy bird species that you're like, why going on here? It's like stepped into this time warp of a tropical paradise that has all of these species, none of them native to the island. Um, And then so, so I see this dog he has in his kennel, and it's a GSP. And I'm like, "Oh, cool!" So you bird hunt too? He goes, "No, that's my best hog dog." I was like, "What? What? Sorry, what? Yeah." He's like, "That's," and apparently, he's like, "That's just kind of a thing here. We use the GSPs for hog dogs because of their nose." It's like, really? So we that's took that cool. dog hog dogging, and I ended up stabbing a pig there. Uh, nice, nice, either <clears throat> size one.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's that's. I mean, that's. So I, I've seen, I've seen like you know videos of of folks do that. And yeah, like that's definitely like, you know, you talk about things like woven into the culture. I'd say like, would you say, cause you probably know more about it than I do, but it seems like that's the predominant way that people would go about it locally. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. lot. I mean, everyone, like everyone that, that guy knows all has, has dogs.
1: It's probably, I would have to think like, it's really the only, not the only, right. But like, I guess I would equate it to. And could be right or wrong but you get into some areas of the country that are like really thick where like you know hound hunting for bears is going to be like one of like your primary methods mm-hmm. um i could see that being the case just from like a terrain perspective being able to find them you know reliably ri- sure, right? yeah uh-huh yeah.
0: yeah uh what did you think about all the chickens walking around wasn't that it's, crazy?
1: It's so wild, man. Yeah, you see them <laughs> everywhere. You could see them in the in the you know grocery store parking lot, or you could see them, you know, out yeah. and about like in all sorts of crazy different varieties and
0: just free range chickens roaming that and the reason why is they don't have any predators. Right. They have nothing I, and I don't know. If,
1: I don't know if people actively pursue them for the table or not, or if they just get left alone or
0: dude. I think that they're just there like the my guide had no interest in him except for he said when he was a kid like cockfighting was a huge thing and so i and he didn't really go into whether or not he still goes to cockfights but i i'm pretty sure that's also ingrained in that hawaiian culture as well
1: really i've never heard that
0: Mm, i don't think they i think that's more on the dl but he said you can't get a ticket if you're just attending the cockfight only if you are in the ring with the roosters so it's kind of like, yeah. If as long as you're not the one that owns the rooster, it's, it's free reign to do whatever you want. Interesting. Yeah, that's crazy. Not yeah, that I mean, I'm advocating cockfighting. I'm. I don't really have an opinion on it one way or the other. I don't care. But uh,
1: not not of, that. Yeah, you're just in the audience.
0: Yeah. Not. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> yeah. Right. Not. Not not, uh, not. not in this line of work. If you got caught at a cockfight, you'd be. Ooh, that would be bad news.
1: Yeah, that would be. Uh, that'd be something else. I'll probably. Refrain from engaging that, but, uh, yeah the uh the diversity of the chickens and roosters though, like some of them like just absolutely beautiful, oh, you know, yeah. and all sorts of different kinds. And you know, I'm not a chickenologist, so I couldn't tell mm-hmm. you what kinds they were. But there some were, you know, very elaborate feathers and coloration, and you know, oh, I don't yeah. think not too many of them looked alike to me. You know,
0: very weird, very weird. Did you see a mongoose while you're there? Because that is one mammal that they've introduced. Um, I guess it's more of a predator, and they introduced him. This is a weird thing, which Kamanu told me. He said, yeah, they introduced the mongoose to control the rats. But the problem is the mongoose hunts during the day and the rats are out at night, so it didn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> but I did see a mongoose, and I was like, what in the hell is that? He's like, oh, yeah, we have mongoose. Of course you do. Man, so, I, didn't... I Maybe they could eat the damn chickens. I don't know.
1: You'd think that they might. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't see one. I hadn't, I hadn't heard about that. Yeah, but um, um, yeah, that was a good trip. And then went to uh, hunted Kodiak with a couple of good buddies at Vortex. We actually documented that one as well uh, for uh, for a future release. But um, yeah, epic trip up in the Alpine, like you know, as wild as it gets. Saw some great bucks. You know, killed some great bucks. Uh got to do a little fishing. The country was off the charts. The weather was uh variable, I'd say, as mm-hmm. Kodiak always is. Uh so we got yeah, we got a little bit of everything and you know everybody came out alive. That's always a plus and you know saw bears, nothing too close, which was nice. Uh I'm never I'm I if I went to Kodiak and didn't see a bear, that's something that I'm actually okay with. Yeah.
0: Um Well, you like talked super. about years and years ago. I yeah, it was probably 5 or 6 years ago you were on and. You talked about I don't know if you're on Kodiak or where you were, but you lost your buck to a bear.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, that was on Prince of Wales. So that was and that was just a black bear. But yeah, we encountered like I mean, we saw more bears than deer. That was kind of a uh, you know, fly into a lake, hike up into the alpine trip. And I'd killed a buck on we had some gnarly weather on that trip. Uh, really, only had one day that we got to hunt out of like four or five days, <clears throat> and but I ended up killing a buck that day. We hung it off a cliff because there was really no other way to hang it. But the bears, they still they uh, they still got still it. Got it. Yeah, yeah. so Yeah. yeah. I wasn't know... I, I wasn't there to see how they got it, but uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like the way we had it hung, like it took some bear ingenuity.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> Did you know that the uh, blacktail deer is is related to the mule deer? It's like a smaller. Like I was looking at this because I just went to Sonora and shot a nice buck, and I was trying to just look up, just for conversation on the show, like the subspecies of mule deer, and it, yeah, the black blacktail is actually more closely related to the mule deer as like a distant uh, cousin, smaller version.
1: Smaller, yeah, for sure, smaller version. You know, uh, different different inhabiting different landscapes but yeah yeah black you know columbia blacktails like you'll see in washington oregon california and then sitka blacktails like in southeast alaska and on kodiak uh yeah they're all kind of uh subspecies but the mule deer yeah that's 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 the big one i grew up hunting columbia blacktails in western washington so like to me that's what deer hunting was in fact i'd watch all this all the whitetail con or all the hunting content generally that i would consume via magazines or tv shows was always whitetail stuff Mm -hmm. you know but i just there's nothing on black tails
0: (laughs) right yeah you know it's funny to me because when i was coming back from sonora a lot of the guys had their racks you know bubble taped up and they were bringing them on the plane and you know giant 190 200 inch mule deer racks and then you'd see somebody with a coos deer because they're native to that region too and it's like ah (laughs) look at that little thing you know like travel size I mean like a 100 inch cooz is a big deal. Like it's crazy.
1: It it. So uh, so out of curiosity, like how did you bring a big mule deer like carry on you'd bring it?
0: Oh yeah, they just well yeah, they checked them. Yeah. They, oh, bubble, they checked, wrapped good. them all up. Yeah. And then they checked them. Mm-hmm. I my buddy drove mine. There's uh he drove from Houston down there. It was like 19 hours, but he's he's responsible for getting mine back. Good. So. Yeah.
1: Good. I mean, people do it all the time, you know, whether it's mule deer or, you know, moose caribou from Alaska, you know, bubble wrap the heck out of them. Mm-hmm. But uh, what's
0: the craziest thing you've you've uh, checked as far as animal parts?
1: Probably just horns and meat, I guess. Nothing, nothing too wild, you know?
0: Yeah. Uh, I had I think I've, yeah, I've brought bear. I've checked bear meat and uh, hides and stuff. But the one that really got a lot of attention at the airport was, um, I had it in my carry-on, and it was, the guys. Lo- he's like, "Can you unzip that for me?" It was a little carry-on cooler. He's like, "Yeah." He's like, "Holy shit! Is that a mountain lion?" <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Well, yeah." He's like, "He's like, hey guys, come over here, come look at this thing." It's like he's got a mountain lion in his carry-on bag. And they thought that was awesome.
1: Like, did you have? Was it like? It, it was, was just the skull, or just the was it the just hide the and, and hide. Yeah.
0: Okay. And then I froze the meat. I brought all the meat home too, but I froze it and it was in, you know, a big Tupperware thing and taped up like I'm sure you've done before.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty much all I've, you know, and I guess all the stuff that I've really had to travel with hasn't been, <clears throat> you know, super big, like couple, couple Sitka blacktails, you know, white tails, things like that. So, you know, my horns just fit in the box with everything else, you know, I don't mm-hmm. shoot those big ones like you
0: uh it's just you know blind blind squirrel just i get lucky um
1: but yeah that kodiak trip was was pretty epic for sure and then um yeah killed a tail in montana another cool like backcountry cold weather uh you know hot tent camping trip so i'd never done that before uh so
0: was that weird like going after a species that I mean, well, you, you have them in Wisconsin. And to me, that's just like what we hunt in Texas at the deer lease. Was that weird going after a species that you, you're always hunting, but doing a backcountry hunt for it.
1: I mean, so I like, can't,
0: I can't even like, it doesn't compute to me. Like going to go spend time in the backcountry to hunt white deer.
1: Well, so we weren't, we were actually, we were hunting mule deer. And then we were oh, going okay. in and we were kind of like on the fringe of mule deer habitat. And we spotted this buck and I'm like, Oh, I'd shoot that buck. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm like, I don't think like I like, I like deer hunting in general. Right. And right. in hindsight, maybe I probably should have held out for mule deer. Cause it's like, you know, when you think about it, it's like, Oh, you know, when in room, I I went in Rome, like I can hunt these things at home or a lot of other places. I don't get to hunt mule deer that often, but it was hey, a good nice opportunity. Nice fun hunt. And, uh, yeah, we, you know, ended up having to sit on him for like four hours, something like that in the freezing mm-hmm. cold. He was bedded on, <clears throat> on the other side of this hill. His doe was, um, like right on the ridge. Top, so we could see her and he was he was locked on her pretty good he wasn't going to go anywhere and uh and so eventually she came up and fed down our way um and then he followed and i shot him at like 270 yards or something like that but how did
0: how did your 6.5 creedmoor do on that thing
1: uh i actually shot that one with a uh um a 6.5 rpm okay so, so at
0: least a proper 6.5.
1: <clears throat> you're always dogging on that creed more.
0: <laughs> I can't, you know, I have one and I shoot coyotes and pigs with it. I don't, I don't hate it. I just like, I laugh when people take it elk hunting. Cause there's so many better options, but there, and then they're going to say, well, if you could shoot, you know, I'm like, eh, I can shoot. Okay. But it dies real good with the 300 wind mag.
1: Yeah. I'd say you can certainly kill an elk with a 6.5 creed, you know, but you're <clears throat> might have some, you know, limitations compared to some, other cartridges that might be more optimal, I'd say, um, come on, I'm trying to get you to hate
0: on the six, five.
1: I'm not going to hate. It's a good cartridge. (laughs) Like if you made, if you made, if you made me pick a cartridge and I mean, mean, we've probably talked about this before, but I like the 300 short mag. That's my, that's my do all. Like you have to use the
0: proper Wisconsin terminology. It's the 300 wisdom,
1: the wisdom. Yeah. The 300 wisdom, which actually the first time I heard wisdom, I brought that with me from Nebraska. So, Um but uh that like if you said pick one cartridge for just to be a, a do all killing stick, that'd be the one that I'd pick.
0: Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh okay, so ended up with a nice white tail in Montana. So so was that your tag was good for either or mule deer or white tail? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I shot a nice buck in uh Nebraska with my muzzle loader and it was the same deal deer or white tail yeah
1: tag. what'd you end up getting a white tail cool yeah cool was that a good hunt
0: it was a great hunt i was hunting with uh jordan Bud, and I, I love her family her dad's a hoot man like he's the one who comes and has a beer with you after he doesn't he's just out checking cattle all day right and uh but he comes to camp and has a beer with you after after uh the day and i just love the conversations you know i Guys that are in their 70s are a lot, they have a lot of knowledge. Mm-hmm. And just remind me, my grandfathers are both long gone. And so I kind of was like, this is so cool to just sit here and talk with somebody who's been on this planet a lot longer than I have.
1: For sure. For sure. Yeah. They've got generally good, good perspective and good outlook on things. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. But yeah, I shot a nice 10 point there. <laughs> uh, and that dude, I'll tell you though, I hunted with her two years ago, didn't get a deer not wasn't her fault um but that's the coldest i've ever been was was honey i mean like four degrees wind chills taking it down you know negative 15 and the wind's whipping and like i'd be on a buck and just be shivering so bad and it wasn't from buck fever i was just like freezing my ass off
1: literally Mm -hmm. yeah i mean that's that's the predicament you can get into is if you know, it's freezing cold, right? Mm-hmm. Like literally freezing cold, you know, numbing, you know, numb hands, numb feet. And then you get on a deer that you have to sit on for a little bit or you're trying to glass or do whatever. And it can wear on you. Yeah, those cold weather hunts, man, that's probably, I think, some of the most challenging things going just because, you know, as a human being, you know, not not built for. Uh, I know I'm soft when it comes to that cold weather, man. Holy mackerel.
0: Well, he's physically uh, punishing. But then you, you talk about the mental aspect of that's like, are you tough enough? Are you tough enough? Really is what it comes down to. How much can you put your body through? And that's, you know, that's mental.
1: Yeah. I know on that, when I was in, on that Montana hunt, like, I I mean, it seemed like, you know, I'm exaggerating, but I didn't feel my feet for four days you know oh like i mean they they were definitely <laughs> numb for a good portion of that of that trip you know and then you'd get to the uh-huh. hot ten at night and thaw them out you know and, but uh
0: yeah it's yeah, kind of like a, um an all day sit in a tree stand for me that's like that is mentally that 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 really pushes my limits like i i don't like it i do it if i have a nice buck on camera i i will do it and have done it many times but i i'm going into that day knowing this is going to suck
1: it it it, yeah that's taxing i i've i definitely uh, i guess a lot of times like you know i and i can sit all day dawn to dark but i prefer to at least even like do a morning sit somewhere you know sit till x time whatever that is and then you know bounce to a different spot and just stretch the legs you're still hunting all day and you're probably Mm -hmm. not even going that far you know heck it could be a few hundred yards even or something like that but just reset up in a different spot change the scenery stretch your legs do something different and to me that that breaks up a a day of whitetail hunting that could otherwise be a little bit just mentally taxing yeah
0: yeah um how about the spaghetti shootouts i'm enjoying those How how are those being received and tell us a little bit about you know how those got started
1: so yeah so that that wasn't uh, my brainchild. Um, I definitely uh got woven into it, but yeah, it's just it's uh, I mean, it's pretty pretty lighthearted, uh, you know, I like guess, show if you will, that that we uh throw out on on YouTube. So it's generally myself, Ryan Muckenhern, and and uh, and Jim, who are also commonly on you know the podcast that we produce yeah. here internally as well. Um, I'd say in general, not every time, but Jim's the host. And then, uh, we'll have, you know, like five topics that Ryan and I will debate, which for me is challenging because he's so damn smart about, uh, pretty much everything, but it's funny. I mean, it's everything from, you could have a cartridge related question to, uh, you know, something ridiculous, that is just you know completely has really no bearing on anything other than hearing two people debate something that's you know utterly ridiculous and jim's the
0: moderator and the whole time he's just poking and prodding you guys be belittling you
1: jim likes jim likes to you know he likes to poke the bear poke the bear twist the knife uh has propensity there's a mute button he has a propensity to mute me i'd say unfairly Uh um but yeah, it's it's all in good fun and it's pretty entertaining and it seems you know uh, folks seem to like it. We you know we like having fun around here. So
0: oh yeah, yeah. Um, what about let's talk about new stuff? And I've got one thing right here which I've been I've put through the ringer this fall, and it just came out actually. I think last month it's the Mountain Pass. Yeah. Tripod, and this thing I'm just holding it in my hand and it's it's rugged but it's not it's not very heavy, Mark. Which uh, I don't, I don't know. You guys have quite a few tripods now in the lineup. So specific. Oh, you've got one right there too. Look at that. I
1: I brought I brought mine too. Yeah, we're we're mountain pass tripod twins. But
0: so what's this? What was this one? Why was this one designed specifically?
1: You know, I think it was we wanted to offer a high quality tripod at a price point that's not going to break the bank. Um, And this one, this one, just it really fits the bill. Literally, Um, it's got good, good, good length in its extensions. Uh, it's got lever lock legs, uh, aluminum leg construction. It's got the same, same head that we have on, on a lot of our tripods, uh, except an Arca Swiss plate, which is, seems to be becoming the standard, you know, Mm -hmm. um, as far as plates. And then actually the, the feet of all of our tripods now come in that Arca form factor. So you actually wouldn't necessarily have to use a plate. You could just slide it into the tripod head and 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 clamp it down but um yeah it's just a solid tripod and for me personally like i prefer lever locks yeah. uh so y- even though this is one of our i guess i'd say our more economical tripods so, it's probably uh, so one that i would gravitate to, towards
0: to compare lever locks as opposed to like a twist lock, like a system. twist lock yeah yeah, yeah. um but
1: I'm trying to, I think this is coming in at like one, you know, one ninety nine something like that. So again, like pretty, pretty budget friendly. It's got a split center column. So.
0: You know, the the average person listening to our conversations would be like $199 for a tripod. That's expensive. Well, tripods are kind of one of those things where you get what you pay for. And if you've ever invested like $50 in a tripod and then try to take it out, good luck because that thing probably isn't going to be very sturdy. That's the. I mean, that would be the number one thing I would say is because I have tried. You know, back in the day, try glassing with one of those things. See how it works out for you. Yeah, yeah. Opti- no, you just for can't sure. skip. You can't skimp on optics, and you can't skimp on the things that you know the accessories that go with. Well, okay, I, I've got a, a hunt where I'm going to be glassing for hours and hours. Well, so you you better have a decent tripod for that.
1: Absolutely, and then and that is something that you can add to your kit that really is such a huge game changer. I mean, it really, whether you're glassing with your binoculars uh, off your tripod, which actually I'd say that's, <clears throat> you know, 90% of my tripod use is with binoculars versus the spotter. I think intrinsically people think like, Oh yeah, I would get a tripod for my spotting scope. And I think you should obviously you're going to need to do that. But uh man, if you are going to be carrying a tripod and your spotter, definitely get an adapter for your binos because you're just going to be a way more efficient glasser. Mm-hmm.
0: Do you find more game with your binos or with the spotter? Cause I, the way it works for me, yeah, it, maybe this isn't how it works for a lot of people, but I tend to find them with the binos and then to get a better look at them with the spotting scope.
1: A hundred percent. I mean, that's, that's exactly how I do it. And I, I know a lot of guys that, <clears throat> and they're doing a lot of really long range glassing. So they will mm-hmm. spend some time, you know, significant time behind the spotting scope, but for me and how I hunt, yeah, I'm I'm I'd say nearly always. I mean, it would have to be a special circumstance where I'm actually glassing with the spotting scope, you know, yeah. as far as like doing my searching with it. But yeah. Um, tens on a tripod, twelves on a tripod, eighteens on the tripod, depending on the hunt, and then the spotter to complement that, and you're pretty good to go. And and if a person was like, Oh, I'm gonna go out west for the first time and um i frankly i i would say like yeah get a tripod but i would i would get a good tripod and then i would plan on getting a good set of binoculars before i invested in the spotter for sure
0: mm-hmm. yeah that's kind of putting the cart before the horse Uh if you don't have a nice pair of binos um okay so i've enjoyed that i just actually just took that to sonora and uh, we did quite a bit of glassing from elevation on that trip. And there's not a lot of elevation, but when you find it, I mean, you're talking about the desert and then there'd just be, they're not mountains. They're just big Hills. Like maybe it takes you an hour to get to the top of it. Uh, but once you're up there, you can see everything because it is so flat. Uh, so we did spend quite a bit of time glassing there. Um, what else? Uh, I don't know if there's any, Oh yeah, we do have a new strike Eagle, don't we?
1: So yeah, I'm I'm pumped about this one. So uh an extension of, of the current strike eagle line. <clears throat> we had the five to twenty five by fifty. I
0: have recently, more recently,
1: very just recently, introduced a three to eighteen by forty-four. Mm-hmm. And it's awesome, man. I mean it's like optically, it does a really, really, really nice job. I'd say the optical system in here is, you know, in some ways it, it's a shining star. Like it's, it's pretty stunning, uh, from, from that perspective. Um, like, uh, like, you know, the current 525, um, 30 millimeter tube, uh, pop up and down locking turret. It's got our rev stop zero system, uh, to, uh, initiate the zero stop. It's super easy to set, uh, it which is, you know, for somebody that's not super mechanically inclined, like myself, like I did it without using the instructions. I mean, it's literally, mm-hmm. You know, use a use a coin or tool to to get the cap off. Uh, turn it to, um, you know, get to your zero. Put in the ring. Turn it all the way to the right. Off you go. Like I mean, it's it's it does. Uh, it's it's pretty awesome. But you can get it in mills or MOA. First focal plane. Uh, illuminated glass etched reticle. It's got a capped windage turret, which I like. Um, because I'm just never, you know, I look at every predominantly what I do is on the hunting side of the house and I'm just never going to dial my wind in the field. Um, that's me. Um, so you save some weight, keeps the scope more streamlined with that capped windage turret. Um, be great. Like DMR, you know, optic, you know, on the law enforcement side of the house. Um, and that three to 18 zoom range, man, that's like, to me, that's, that's an ultimate sweet spot. I like that a lot. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. And what is the MSRP on that one?
1: Oh gosh, now you're really testing me. Um, I think it's like seven ninety-nine. Don't quote me. I should know that. Right. I should know that off the top of my head, it down.
0: Write it down. In Stone 799. Says Mark. But, uh, oh, by the way though, if you uh head over to Euro Optic, I think you get a 10%. You get 10% off all of Vortex's uh optics with that promo code Lone Star 10. So that's a cool deal at Euro nice. Optic. And then just, Vortex, Wear, you can get twenty percent off that with Lone Star Twenty at there you Cal's go. website.
1: We're rocking some right now. You are as well. Thanks, but yeah, don't don't quote me on that price. Golly, I'm no I'm no seven ninety nine. You'll that. find it for that. <laughs> yeah, go get it. Thank okay. you, Cable. Appreciate
0: it. Uh, <laughs> but here's the other, here's a great thing though, is you guys just launched this campaign where you're going to give away like five grand in optics and five hundred bucks in apparel. Yeah, tell yeah. me what's going on there.
1: So Vortex Nation campaign, um, man, another another fun one. Uh, you know, essentially, we are trying to you know interact with our customers everywhere, every way we can get our customers good information. Um, and one of the ways that we can do that is via our newsletter. So it's a it's a fun campaign. Um, you know, I think you know one of the the main goals from our end is to um, get people to sign up for the newsletter, right? But mm-hmm. like, it's not, um, you know, I guess in some ways, yeah, it's like obviously we're getting something out of that, but also like, w- truly, like we look at that like as a better way to serve our customers. So, um, hopefully it's a you know a symbiotic relationship there. But yeah, it's it's a cool one, and I mean,
0: <clears throat> and it's open now, and it's you open just have now. To go yep. to where do you have to go to Vortex dot? Uh, let me pull up that email from Brittany. Or you, you guys might have heard me talk about it on the show, but I don't, yeah, it, I don't is, it is now open. So let me just tell you because I have it right here. You've got all okay, the, official, uh, the, you got the official
1: documentation. Yeah, yeah.
0: The URL will be join.vtxnation.com. So join.vtxnation.com. And uh, you can enter right there to win a well, over five thousand dollar value uh, prize pack from vortex, and it's customizable so pick right? out you, you get to pick out your own stuff, or do you guys just say, here's what you win?
1: No, so exactly. that's what I was just so it's it's customizable. So if you're you know if you're the winner, if you're the lucky winner, and you're like, oh, I'm really into long range precision. You can cater your optics package to long range precision if you're really into western big game hunting, you could cater your optics package there. So,
0: okay, um, so like I really need five vortex Viper buy note sets i could just do that
1: you could you could do that <laughs> one one for every room in the house you know whatever you're into
0: yeah okay right on so that's pretty cool uh y'all be sure to sign up for that it is free and you get uh and you subscribe to the newsletter which why wouldn't you want to do that okay what about here's a question for you mark and I, I, it's kind of like a i just kind of use what i can find now i have you know i have well as a long-standing relationship with you guys but you guys, you guys haven't always made these awesome um precision rifle scope rings. You guys have always made rings for well for a long time. These are the best I've found, but they come in uh low, medium, and high. Mm-hmm. So I typically just I, I've always just gone with low or medium, try to avoid high. I don't know why I do that, to be honest with you. What is the uh like, what is the school of thought behind which size rings you need? So, I mean, <clears throat> there's going to be certain different... guns obviously won't fit certain ones, but yeah. I think there's more to it than that.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's there's different factors at play. You know, what's what's your barrel contour? Um What is uh, you know what what's the cheek piece on the rifle? You know, like is it an is it an AR-15? Okay, yeah, you're definitely going to need you know form factor of an AR-15 that's going to you're going to either want to like a cantilever mount or, or, a, or a high ring, um, <clears throat> that gets, gets the optic up to that optimal AR height. But yeah, I mean, uh, barrel contour, um, uh, the person's, um, you know, the, the, their facial structure can come into play, uh, the, the, uh, objective diameter of the rifle scope comes into play there. So uh, it's just it's definitely uh, a balancing act I'd say for hunting applications you can generally get away with with a low um and I'd say by and large definitely a medium uh you uh
0: now I did so what made me think about this really other than the fact that I've just always just slapped whatever I had on hand or could find at the store uh but I just put a set of uh, these PMR rings the low ones on a uh a new seven mag And then I was like, I only have like a millimeter of room there. And I was first, I was like, is it, is the gun going to recoil enough to where it's going to hit the barrel when I fire? And I think the answer is probably no, but it just, I think it would just make me more comfortable to have the medium one on there.
1: Yeah. I mean, there, there are, I'd say there probably are instances where, you know, you could get enough movement where you could get some content, contact there. But I think by and large, you know, if, if you can comfortably fit like a piece of paper underneath, you know, there, if, if, as long as you've got, you know, some clearance, uh, you you should be good to go. If you have any contact, you are not good to go. Right. Um. <clears throat> so, yeah, it's, and I'd say that's, um, but it, it's mostly going to come down to, I'd say, you know, how not having contact, like we said, and then just, you know, making the scope optimally fit you and the rifle so where it's like you know comfortable to look through your head's not too high you're not mashing your head too low you know you definitely want to find that sweet so, spot the,
0: so the short answer to the long question is there's no right or wrong answer it's just whatever you're comfortable with that fits your rifle
1: yes but it's going to depend <laughs> on the op- it's, it just depends on the yeah, it depends on the person the optic yeah. and the gun so, so what like is said, the most
0: popular do, what's the most popular variety low medium or high uh
1: lows and mediums just depends okay. so yeah. yeah and i'm talking like you know on a hunting rifle or right. you know mm-hmm. or not even right. a hunting rifle but really any rifle it could be your target shooting rifle or whatever but
0: okay okay well just a little off the cuff stuff that was on uh on my mind uh what about your spring plans mark
1: man gonna try and uh get out and do some turkey hunting love 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 that turkey hunting uh looks like i'll be uh doing some spring bear hunting which is also another big passion of mine i love bear hunting um yeah they're just such cool animals they live in cool places to be able to be able to you know rival hunt big game in the spring is just like to me one of the coolest things in the world so really looking forward to that and i'd say those are those are the two biggies for sure so
0: i am finally going to go spring bear hunting again um i had a trip booked for a long time and then uh canada wouldn't let us unclean unvaxxed folks in for quite some time but but they're gonna let me in now they're like dirty americans you can come back (laughs) i'm gonna go to uh vancouver island
1: oh no way that'll be amazing
0: yeah. yeah yeah uh that's what what's on the plans for i think that's first week of june my wife's gonna i don't think she's gonna leave me but she's gonna hate me because i'm gonna go to africa the last week of may and i'm going to come home for two days then i'm going to go to canada for six days and go bear hunting
1: i I should probably probably tell her gonna (laughs) hate you yeah you know what though then sometimes you end up getting in trouble for it twice you know what i mean like if it's just like
0: that's surprise you know Yeah. yeah i wonder if it'd be better if i just went straight from africa to canada i already have my rifle maybe then it would just be like, then I wouldn't catch the the heat in the middle of the deal, you know?
1: Yeah. Then it's just like one really long trip instead of two long trips.
0: Yeah. Maybe that's better.
1: You just gonna have to weigh know. how this, how it breaks down and how like, you know, it all depends on the pitch. Just mm-hmm. all depends on the pitch, but that'll be fun, man. Africa should be amazing. That's, that's a trip that I've never done that I probably should do. Eventually. Um, and, uh, yeah, that, that Vancouver spring bear hunt I've seen, man, i used to watch, you know,
0: Jim DVDs
1: on that hunt. Yeah. Way back in the tech, yeah. they were probably VHS tapes, you know? Um, yeah, that will be amazing.
0: We're hunting the property over from Jim's place. So okay. There should be some big bears there. Yeah.
1: Everything I've seen. Yeah. There's not, there's not a lack of big bears there for sure. So mm-hmm.
0: what are you going to um, do in Africa? Uh, I'm going to, Oh, Well, I don't know if I should say this, but I'm going to say it because I'm transparent. So we're going to do a duck hunt. And before I say this, everyone keep in mind, think about Africa and the number of duck hunters there. It's like zero. Okay. But we're going to bait a pond because it's legal. And then we're going to shoot a bunch of ducks. Oh, I don't know about that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I am not personally going to bait the pond, but it will have been baited. And we'll get a group out there. And, you know, they have very loose limits. And the reason that they're able to do that and, and still manage their waterfowl with very loose regulations is because there's just no hunting pressure. Uh, people in Africa are not into duck hunting. And that's really just the bottom line. It's uh, it's not a very popular undertaking. So there's not a lot of birds getting shot. Therefore, loose regs. But, yeah. That
1: should be wild. You so know, I, I know I'm, occasionally people travel over there like the like the hardcore duck hunters that travel the world you know and just you know chase new experiences and new species but i've heard they've got some really wild neat ducks over there
0: yeah yeah so we are gonna we are gonna do a duck hunt which i have not done uh that'll be cool and then i'm gonna take my bow and probably seven mag or 300 mag those are my two favorites
1: yeah you're one of those seven mag guys huh
0: Well, so that was my first love. Like my first hunting rifle that I had was a three hundred eight, and then I was like, then I got a seven mag, and and then I got a three hundred win mag, and it's kind of just been now the three hundred win mag is the one that I gravitate to the most. But uh, Mossberg just sent me a new seven mag, and I really like it. So we'll see.
1: It's a good cartridge. It's a really good
0: cartridge. Either one of them, you can kill everything over there that's not big five.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so, for sure.
0: For yeah. Sure. Um, so, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what we're going to do. Oh, we're going to do one thing we are going to do for sure. So I do know we're going to do the duck hunt, and then we're going to do a blue diker hunt with dogs. Oh, Something wow. Different. Yeah. So, But that's, you know, that's like a driven thing where you're standing there, and the dogs push the diker, and you shoot it as it runs by with a shotgun.
1: That'd be crazy.
0: So you don't know if you're getting a big one or a small one, but you know you're getting one. When right when, i mean if you hit it right
1: i would say like so. <clears throat> i feel like i've watched some some of those hunts in the past too and that's kind of is that like a more jungle setting then oh yeah yeah yeah,
0: yeah. so the yeah, diker awesome, the blue diker is very small and it look like tiny tiny and uh, you you can hunt them one of two ways you can sit at a water hole and shoot them when they come in you know out, out of a blind or you can do them with dogs and we go into the Africa, Africa experience because we're filming everything uh, for the John X as far as YouTube, but we go in with the mindset of what's a different story we can tell. And so, you know, like last or last time I went was like, why would somebody shoot a giraffe? And so we made a very educational uh, YouTube on that. And then what about uh, waterfowl hunting in Africa or hunting with dogs? You know, so just kind of things outside of the normal realm of what people would think.
1: Well, for sure. And then like, even personally, <clears throat> I mean, well, I guess I, I can speak out of both sides of my mouth because I like doing them because I enjoy certain things. Like I do them repeatedly, but mm-hmm. you know, if you're going over there once a year, it's like, okay, yeah, let's do some of the stuff that we that I enjoy doing. And I know I like, but you also get to experience, you know, different tactics or different terrain or a different animal or uh just a different style of pursuit and and uh i think that's i think that's um for a lot of hunters you know you're chasing that too you're chasing new places new experiences and just kind of want to see as much as you can so
0: yeah oh and then i think um so i i think we're going to try for a water buck with my bow i think those three yeah last time i shot a sable spot spawn stock with the bow and that was awesome that was one of my favorite favorite things we've done over there um but yeah you should definitely go i know i keep telling myself i'm gonna do, it's it in and your never blood. do it yeah but you know now i've been to africa south africa five times this will be six times in may and so i'm kind of getting the itch to explore other countries so we're thinking 2025 maybe zambia or mozambique for hippo and crocodile
1: oh man yeah
0: it's like an aquatic uh hunt
1: that would be so. an adventure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those See croc and hippo new. hunts, those are something else, man.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I guess, man, that's pretty much all I have for today. Where where are you going bear hunting?
1: Uh, I think it'll be either like Montana or Idaho, you know. Don't of... you have a
0: season in Wisconsin?
1: So we do actually, so we don't have a spring season, interestingly enough. That's dumb. Um, we do have a healthy bear population. I know I filled out some form, like it was like a, uh, oh, they sent out like a survey. And I think it was just kind of probably to gauge public sentiment more mm-hmm. than anything else. And it's like, oh, would you be in favor of a spring bear hunt? I was like, yes, yes. Five stars, whatever, however many, whatever I could do. Of course. Um, but, uh, but we, we still don't have one. Um, but we've got a fall bear hunt. It's on a draw. Uh, and so it takes, it takes several points to draw a bear tag in Wisconsin. We have some phenomenal bear hunting and maybe that's, you know, part of the reason why, but, um, for me, I just, I like to bear hunt. So I just plan bear hunts knowing that I can go. Mm
0: -hmm. So these are going to be spot and stock then
1: spot and stock. So yeah, it's, it's, that's, that's cool hunt. Um, a lot of glassing.
0: Why do you hate hunting over bait so much, Mark?
1: I didn't say that. (laughs) i found it over i I haven't killed a bear over bait you you know what you want to know why like because if i was if i was actually gonna bait bears myself Uh um the time effort and resources is actually more than a spot and stock hunt right um i even think about that here in wisconsin like you know i'd say the major methods that people pursue bears here uh at home are you know it's gonna be with dogs or or with bait Mm-hmm. I don't have dogs. I'd love to hunt behind dogs someday. I uh, just haven't haven't uh, you know take the time to to make that opportunity happen. But um, I have hunted over bait before. But for me, like if I was going to do it myself, like it would be a very major undertaking to go and bait a bear. You know, salacious,
0: dude. Salacious.
1: Um, where I I've, you know,
0: I mean I have not done it. I've been on a. I mean this bear that I shot right here was uh baited in uh alberta yeah and the amount of miles on the four-wheeler that the guy you know first of all and then the crap that he's hauling in and out of there i mean oh and then moving the tree stand almost every day every i mean every time we hunted he put the tree stand up right then no way yeah uh so i mean yeah all that adds up for one dude like You're right. right. Spot and stock is be way easier. <laughs> I mean,
1: and I and I and I. But I once like you that get style it baited, of I, I like imagine
0: to... the hunting would be easier. There's a trade-off there.
1: Yeah, I mean, there is a trade-off, but man, just the the time and fuel. You know, like you like to be driving. You know, a couple hours one every way. Day. Yeah. Every, you know, every week at least, right? You know. Um. So yeah, my hats off to the guys that can successfully uh, do that. Uh. But yeah, so it'll be, it'll be, uh, but it's cool. It's big country, lots of glassing, which, uh, you know, I just, I love, love, you know, putting, putting glass to work, not just cause I love to work at Vortex. Like I just, I love to hunt that way. And just like yeah. the challenge of glassing for hours Then like, Oh, I found one. I found one. I found one, you know, so mm-hmm. then you gotta go, then you gotta be able to get to it. But
0: well, so that'll be, so the, the, uh, Vancouver Island hunt will be my first spot in stock, uh, bear hunt because I shot. I shot two in Alberta over bait and then I did one in New Mexico with dogs. And oh, and but then I did hunt uh we did a spot and stock hunt in Montana and saw more grizzlies than black bear. So
1: eesh, you know, and that's one thing that I'm a little bit it's definitely on my mind. You know, the last time I hunted bears in Montana was many, many years ago. And there were there were grizzlies then, but I think not to the degree that there are now. So I'll be curious to see if we hunt some of the areas that I hunted before, you know, what that looks like. If, if we see, you know, if we see any grizzlies at all, if we see multiples, um, if you're seeing like, I don't know with, yeah, I guess I don't really know what to expect. Like I said, what the, what the, the, what that looks like these days, but find out, I guess.
0: Yeah. Well, they're definitely expanding because that place we were talking about Ty Stubblefield off the air and um uh, when we elk hunted in montana in 2018 he took us to an area void of grizzly bears and then it was in 2021 we ran into another hunter there and he sent me a picture of a grizzly and we just kind of stayed in touch over social media and uh, he was like hey remember where y'all were hunting he's like this is right there and it was a grizzly so they're coming man they're expanding their range we need a i know you're a proponent of you know predator management from a sustainable use model 100% they don't they don't get a pass you know and they're fun to hunt so
1: well the model the model breaks down if there are exemptions for reasons outside of
0: science science yeah yeah 100% well right on man well i hope that you have a great spring season and we'll do this again sometime in the near future
1: for sure, man. Nope. Always good chatting, catching up. Good luck this spring to you on your uh, on your bear hunt. Keep me posted.
0: We'll do it. Take it easy. All
1: right, man. Take care, of cable. Bye.
0: So there he goes, one of our oldest friends in the industry, Mark Boardman of Vortex Optics. I don't know how many conversations we've recorded over the years, but it is a good many. That much I do know. Maybe the most uh, frequent guest we we have in the show's fourteen year history. Um, who knows? But. Uh, Lots of great conversations over the years with a good dude and a great company. Uh, Unfortunately, that's going to do it for episode 36 of Campfire Conversations. I'm Cable Smith. Thanks so much for tuning in, and you guys have a great week in the outdoors.